a lot of people are always asking me like, hey, like I have this short-term goal, like, like should I be investing in stocks? It's like, yeah, you should be investing in stocks, but like not for that goal. Like you should not be trying to like hit 10K in a year with your stocks in terms of just like appreciating. Let's say you have 5K, you're trying to like double it in a year. Like that's unrealistic, a 50% return in a year. Like very unrealistic, right? Should you try to invest like $10,000 of your money? Yeah, that's a fantastic goal. Yo, what is going on, baby? Nathan Kennedy, The New Money Podcast, episode 107. How y'all doing, man? Thank you so, so much for tuning in. As usual, my friends, ask many questions y'all got on Instagram as well as if you are listening on Apple Podcasts. New algorithm, new-ish. Leave a review, really helps the show out. You know, really get some folks listening. I say really a lot, but it's because I really... I'm out here, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, really, <laughs> it, it helps people listen to the show, new li- new listeners. And You know, I was looking at the Apple uh, podcast charts and I'm like way, way down there, ladies and germs. So let's try to get those reviews in. Let's jack it up. Let's get it going. Appreciate it. Thank you so, so much. Today, what I have for you is a Q&A, right? I get, I've been getting, you know, a lot of questions on Instagram which is nice um and and i love when you guys uh, reach out and talk to me so i wanted to kind of go through some that i think are really awesome topics and things that i want to share with you guys so let's just dive on into it baby okay let's get into it hi nathan i'm turning 18 next week and i'm planning to open a credit card right away wondering which bank account you would open it up with so yeah like i think you know a lot of people kind of get tied up with which credit card they should get when they're first getting started, right? And I've said that there are definitely some that are better than others. And just talking about Canada, I can't really talk too much about the States, but TD sucks. Like their shit is just not very good compared to some of the other stuff. BMO is pretty solid. CIBC is solid. Scotiabank has some great options. Those are some great student cards to get people building some credit, doing their thing. But realistically, doesn't matter all that much with your first card. You're not going to get crazy points. It's not going to be exponentially better than other cards, right? It's going to be, you know, marginally better. It's not like crazy going to change your life at all. What is pretty solid and, and somewhat life-changing is building great credit from a young age, right? Like that could definitely set you up to get, you know, preferable rates. If you want to get into a house earlier on, I could help you get into any home any any renting situation. You, if like you need to go anywhere, uh, people love people with great credit, obviously. It just really opens life up for you, you know, and who doesn't want that, right? The freedom of it. So what kind of card you get doesn't matter as much as just getting a credit card, keeping it under 30%, right? If you got a credit limit of a thousand, not spending more than $300, preferably spending, you know, in around 10% is, is probably ideal. If you can, if not under 30% and just paying off your bill in full on time every month, right? I, I sound like a broken record with some of that stuff. It's because that's all there is to it. So just get started. I I definitely think some of the ones I mentioned are pretty solid, but hey, give it a look. Okay, next one here. Okay. Hey, trying to understand different investments. I'm wondering what the difference between a balanced fund and an index fund is. So depending on where you're getting, where you're investing, some mutual funds that banks offer will offer you different options. And some will be more diversified among different assets that are, uh, you know, investing in. So a balanced fund typically you know, it, it it varies. There's different definitions, but essentially it, it has a little bit of everything. 
Usually a pretty balanced portfolio would be like an even portfolio, like 50% stocks, 50% bonds, right? You know, some people could sit, would say maybe it's a third percent US stocks, a third international stocks, a third, you know, low risk assets like bonds or something like that. It could be, you know, more, you know, it could be REITs, could be something, whatever, but balanced essentially is a well-diversified sort of mutual fund with, you know, different sorts of alternative assets that might, you know, tail the downside risk there. So an index fund is is not necessarily, they're, they're not apples to apples, right? A balanced fund is, it's got all kinds of stuff. An index fund would just be pure equity, just stocks, right? So an index fund would essentially be a basket of stocks that is bought up by a firm and it tracks a specific index passively. So if there's an index that tracks the S&P 500, it would basically just try to mimic the allocation of the S&P 500 or the, you know, the, the market weighting of, of whatever that is and relatively try to mimic whatever that index is. And everybody always wondered, well, what the hell is an index? Well, it's just, it's just basically essentially measuring the average of all those companies all in one, right? And, and it's just sort of like a, a graph is <laughs> the best way to visualize it. So an index fund just buys whatever is in that index and tries to mimic that graph essentially. And, and oftentimes it does and, and successfully and, and it's not perfect. And when it's not perfect, which is always, uh, there's, there's something called a tracking error, right? So you want that tracking error to be as minimal as possible. You want it to track as cleanly and as closely as humanly possible. So when you're thinking about different decisions, I tend to think that when you're younger, there's no need really to have tail your downside or things like that. Like you're investing for the long term, which is what we talk about here. I would go very aggressively to equities, 90%, if not 100%, I would say 100% equities uh, for the long term. Now, if you've got different goals, right? You know, some robo advisors are really awesome for short term goals, right? If, if, you, if, you, if you're trying to save for a down payment, 300% should not be putting all your money in stocks, right? You might want to have like a much more conservative portfolio, more balanced portfolio, you know, even investing in stocks at all within five years of, of uh, wanting to buy a house is, you know, eh, you might, you might want to think about it. I think, like I said, the beauty of compound interest and equity growth and all that kind of stuff, appreciation comes over the decades. And so, you know, trying to get a quick payday or make some money because it pains you that your money's in the savings account and you're only getting like 1% interest. If that, if you're in a high interest savings account, if you're not, then you're getting like no interest or you're losing money because of inflation. You know, it probably hurts, but you know what else hurts? When you're friggin' you have, you need money for a down payment and you lose 30% of it because of a correction, right? So that's definitely a much more catastrophic situation. And so the premium you pay for having that money, the security of having that money is, it's not really gonna grow all that much, but it's better than not having it at all. So that's what I would say to that, very long-winded. I kinda just wanted to tie in some points there to, uh, you know, because a lot of people are always asking me like, hey, like I have this short-term goal, like, like, should I be investing in stocks? It's like, yeah, you should be investing in stocks, but like, not for that goal. Like you should not be trying to like, hit 10K in a year with your stocks in terms of just like, appreciating let's say you have 5k you're trying to like double it in a year like that's unrealistic a 50 percent return in a year like very unrealistic right 
should you try to invest like $10,000 of your money? Yeah, that's a fantastic goal, like to actually put your money in the market and let it do what it does over the long term. But to try to get rich quick is, is definitely not what we're trying to do, even if it does pain you that your money's losing value. So let's get into the next question here. I put my money in a TFSA with the bank, uh, which is RBC, and started investing in portions of it there. Is it a total no-go to do this with a bank? Should I use a third party instead? With a third party, I'm worried about bankruptcy and losing all of my money altogether. I feel as a bank is more reliable with that, but likely isn't as risky. We'd really love some help with this. So first of all, it wouldn't be third party, right? Like these platforms aren't third party. They're acting as the broker. That's why they're the brokerage, right? So you go and they execute the trade for you. And, you know, if they were to go out of business for whatever reason, you wouldn't lose any of your money right? It, they are insured, right? You still the owner of those specific shares uh, and it would just be transferred to a new platform. So these brokerages, you know, full service brokerages, online brokerages and investment dealers who trade stocks and bonds are regulated by IROC, uh, Investment Industry Regulatory Association of Canada in Canada that we're talking about and are automatically members of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund, which means your money is insured up to $1 million. And so like most of us don't have that. So you don't really have to worry too, too much about that. Now, you know, brokerages and dealers going insolvent, going out of business uh, isn't common, but it happens sometimes. There was one with MF Global Canada in 2011. I don't really know much about that shit at all, <laughs> to be honest with you, but it really isn't something to be worried about. Well, simple Quest Trade, you know, these these firms aren't going anywhere at all. Don't worry about it. Uh, and if they are, you're you're protected, right? So you shouldn't worry about that at all. And honestly, I, I'd be shocked if that number isn't like increased over the years. I think that, that sounds low to me, a million. I'm reading on this uh, article. I think it's probably like, I just don't think you need to worry about that. But if you are super anal about that, I would look into it. I, I am not really too concerned about a bank going insolvent uh, or some of these platforms going insolvent. So go with the one that's the cheapest and the best interface and is the most credible to you. And if you are going to go with a bank, do a self-directed TFSA or self-directed accounts where you are making the investments. If you want advice, you should go talk to a professional not the bank because they have a vested interest in what you get, right? You definitely want to look into a unbiased party, you know, a CFP, uh, a financial planner, whatever, uh, that can actually lead you to a good allocation or a good strategy and things like that. And yes, they might charge you a little bit uh, for the advice or whatever the case is, but realistically, you know, you guys are more than capable. If you're listening to this podcast, man, you are more than capable of investing for yourself. I think down the line, when you have hundreds of thousands, when we get to the millions and all that stuff, you might want to think about having a, a more serious, you know, estate planning conversation with a financial planner or something like that. But for right now, just investing in some stocks and ETFs, like I believe that you guys can have the fundamentals do it yourself. Just make sure it's self-directed if you are going to go with the bank. Alrighty, last question here. Hey Nate, found you on TikTok 19, planning on opening a Quest Trade TFC account. Really dope. I want to invest in something safe to start off with, like the S&P 500, but I think there's a Canadian one and a USD one. The US one looks more stable and in like a upward trajectory, but there would be tax issues or high conversion fees if I were to buy that. Okay, so I, I made an episode about this a few months ago, uh, just basically on like US versus CAD 
and uh, what to sort of. So I guess this is just a really Canadian heavy episode. So I apologize to uh, folks who, who aren't living in Canada. But I think there is some stuff here that uh, you definitely can take away if you're not from Canada. But I digress back into it. So, yeah, like, first of all, you know, the S&P 500, like ETFs with the S&P 500, it's not necessarily safe. Like you're still it's still very aggressive, right? It's all equities, all stocks. If there's a correction, like you're on the hook, <laughs> you know, for 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 20 percent or 30 percent or whatever, like it, it is like a crash, right? There's risks, right? Like ETFs, uh, index funds, they're not risk free. They just they're they're you know in the long term they tend to you know up and to the right, right? And so you know, like I think that when you think about why you should go with the USD versus the Canadian one, like realistically you shouldn't, right? You should probably stick with the Canadian version. Now what? Now what is a Canadian version? What it like? What the hell am I talking about? So basically, a lot of ETFs that are you know created by these bigger companies are made in the United States. And then we have Canadian versions, but simply the Canadian versions just buy the ETF and hold it in those dollars. So you can purchase it on the Toronto Stock Exchange uh, in Canadian dollars, but realistically, you're going to, it is bought in American dollars, right? So it's going to basically sort of track the exchange rate. And so if the US dollar goes up, your investment's gonna go up further, right? If the US dollar appreciates, right, your investment is, is going to look a little bit worse. And so if you buy a VFE, which is like the Canadian version of the S&P 500, one of them, it's held in USD. And so if USD performs better, then your money relatively is going to do better because it's going to be worth more Canadian. And if you know, you get it, and it's not worth uh, if the US dollar drops, then that means relatively speaking, your investment's going to be um, less. Now, if you don't understand that, like totally understand, it's really confusing to like without like seeing it. But realistically, it's not really that big of a consideration. Logistically, they're going to perform pretty much the same. If you just get the American version versus the Canadian one, you're going to have to eat the exchange rate and, and the fees and things like that anyway. So you might as well just buy it in the uh, CAD version unhedged, in my opinion, for you folks who like the hedge products. I'm, I, I'm not a big fan of those. Uh, and so, yeah, like I, I would just do that. Buy the Canadian version, really simple, really slick. I used to buy the American ETFs. It doesn't really make much sense. There are some American ETFs that are actually like only, like they're only available in America. So then, you know, you justify the exchange rate and the fees and all that kind of stuff. There's two that I have that are really, really strong in my opinion that aren't available in Canada. So there's that, but you know, just plain vanilla S&P 500 fund, just get the Canadian version that holds all those American companies and you'll be just fine. So there you have it, my friends. That is all I have for you today. Really investor heavy uh, episode just on some logistics and stuff like that. So I really, really, really hope that you guys took something away from this. Again, I apologize to international folks on here uh, if, if it was a little Canadian heavy, but thank you guys so, so much for tuning in. Again, any questions you have, reach out to me on Instagram, shoot me a message, whatever. Really appreciate y'all. Boy, I love y'all. But for now, I'm out this mother. Peace. <laughs>